Clancy Pasta presents. I asked my dying mom about death. Her answer still haunts me to this day. Written by Devil Lived 44. You can see ghosts, right? Does it make you less scared of death? I mean, you already know what's actually waiting for you in the afterlife. I remember asking her these questions, perhaps because I knew her well enough, and I must say, she wasn't like any other mom out there. Back when she was a kid, my mom and her siblings witnessed a lot of weird stuff in their house, mostly paranormal and spiritual, but there was one night that they just couldn't forget. The story revolved around their mother, my now-deceased grandmother, who was born with an extraordinary psychic ability. She had some kind of strange connection between this world and the world she believed spirits lived in. My mom described it as a bridge to the other side, which was part of her job as a famous medium back then. Unfortunately, in crossing that bridge too many times, evil spirits could use her body to get to our world, but that wasn't as terrifying as what they did to her in return. That night my grandmother wasn't being herself, not at all. All her children were strictly told to stay inside my mom's bedroom while the ritual was being carried out. That was because whenever the thing inside her finally came out, it would try to possess the nearest host as fast as possible. Although there were amulets in that room to protect them, the kids couldn't fall asleep. Under the dim light of an old lantern, as they cuddled together in fear, the thing their mother talked about began to announce its presence on the wall. My mom was the first to see it. She noticed a shadow that looked like one giant arm and hand. The fingers were long and thin like branches. With sharp pointy nails piercing deep into the wall, it made a scraping noise as the hand slowly moved across from one side to the other. No matter what this thing is, my mom knew it was outside and just wanted to get in. All of them heard the same noise coming from the wall, which then gradually faded away as well as the shadow. Silence soon filled the entire room again, but still, they stayed up until morning. At the end of the ritual, my grandmother remained unconscious, but after a few hours, she woke up with her children being the first thought that came into her mind. So, she rushed to their room to check if they were alright, then they all hugged each other in relief. That thing left five scratches on the wall, visible from the outside, one for each finger, and too large to be from a human or any kind of animal. Do you remember Grandma's story? My mom asked me while holding my hands. I nodded. That morning, when your grandma hugged me, I never felt like that before, she said. What did it feel like? She began to squeeze my hands, and at that point, I could almost feel her fingernails piercing deep into my skin. You'll see. Clancy Pasta presents The Mermaid, written by Sapphire Lion 15. Being fresh out of college with only a few hundred bucks to my name, I was desperate for work, so the job as winter caretaker at the Finch Lighthouse seemed like a lifesaver. I got to stay there for three months, all power, water, heat, food bills would be paid by the owner, and I would be paid a four-digit sum, 
Too good to be true, you might say. Finch Lighthouse was a sort of architectural landmark in my town. The town founder, something Finch, had built it, and it had turned our town into a popular harbor. Tourists visited the lighthouse now and then, and it was one of the only major attractions in town, so keeping it in good condition was important. The actual job was pretty easy. Keep the place clean, and make sure that none of the historical artifacts were broken or stolen. The artifacts in question were just an old captain's hat that had belonged to Finch, a diary from the lighthouse keeper in 1893, and the statue. The statue was supposedly carved by Finch himself, and allegedly a valuable antique. It was carved out of some type of greenish-gray rock, and depicted a mermaid sitting on a rock playing a flute and looking wistfully into the distance. The other caretaker was a guy about five years older than me. His name was James, and despite our age difference, we clicked pretty quickly. Those first two weeks were a lot of fun. As soon as we'd finished the day's cleaning, we did pretty much whatever we wanted. We watched a lot of football, and drank more beer than I care to remember. All in all, a lot of fun. Things started getting weird during the third week. James woke me up earlier than usual one morning, telling me that someone had stolen the statue. I shot out of bed. If he was right, then we were in deep shit. We raced each other to the living room and found the statue sitting where it always did. Not a fan of being woken up early, I gave James the stink eye. How much did you drink last night? I'm sorry, Fred. I swear it was missing when I came down this morning. Well, it's there now. You just glanced over it. It's so weird. I gave him another stink eye as I went to make coffee. For three days, life was normal, though James paid a little more attention to the statue. Things started getting out of hand during the fourth week. It was around three in the morning, and I was awoken by a loud sound coming from downstairs. Thwack, thwack, thwack. I looked over at James' bed, wanting to know if he heard it too. He wasn't there. I threw on my robe and raced downstairs, thinking that someone was breaking in. What I found was slightly more disturbing. James was sitting on the couch, a baseball bat in his hand, watching the statue. Creeped out by the situation, I lightly touched his shoulder. He whirled around, eyes wide, holding the bat above his head, looking like he was going to bring it down on my skull. I covered my face, fell to the floor, and scooted back racing for impact. It never came. He looked at the bat, looked at me, and realized what he almost did. He turned white and held out a hand to help me up. I didn't take it and got up on my own. I... I had a dream. The mermaid, she was calling me, telling me that... I, I didn't... I'm so sorry. Just shut up. I said it much harsher than I intended, but I was so done. I just climbed the stairs and went back to bed. We didn't really hang out anymore. No more watching football, no more drinking together. Something had broken between us. I just wanted to get the next eight weeks over with and never see him again. I got my wish sooner than I expected. It was on a stormy night in the middle of our sixth week that he finally snapped. I was sitting at the table, playing solitaire, when he came in, hands practically glued to his head, looking like he was in pain. 
tell her to stop. I sprang up. What's wrong? The flute. The flute. I can hear it. I don't want to, but I hear it. She won't leave me alone. If I was creeped out before, it was nothing compared to now. James was really losing it. He had cabin fever or something. I needed to get help, but I couldn't let him get violent. The last thing we needed was him aiming a bat at my head again. I tried to make my voice sound soothing. Hey, James, don't worry. I'm going to make a call and see if we can get someone to make the music stop. He grabbed me by the shoulders. His eyes were wide as possible, and I could see that there wasn't a shred of sanity left in him. I have to get away from her. He let me go and whirled around. His eyes rested on the window. I can still see it all too clearly in my memory. He just bolted. He didn't slow down when he hit the glass. Lightning illuminated the sky as James jumped into the sea. The police were there in about an hour. I told them everything, and they ruled it as suicide driven by insanity. The owner was contacted. As long as I would agree to stay until two replacements could be found, I would receive full pay. As soon as they had collected the body and finished getting my statement, they all left. I watched their cars pull away and disappear into the stormy night. As I looked out the shattered window, I thought I heard something in the distance, almost like a flute. I started paying more attention to the statue. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed tonight's story. If you did, make sure to check out more of the author's work in the episode description and go to youtube.com slash clancypasta to hear new episodes first. And if you'd like your story featured in an episode, feel free to email it to clancypastastories at gmail.com. You can always get your creepy cool merch at teespring.com slash stores slash clancypasta store. And I hope you all have a great night. Cheers. <laughs>